Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome in to episode number 423 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's your boy KB with a Sunday night solo dolo, a solo hang. Uh, very, very pumped to get into this episode because I am fresh off of watching that unfortunate Phillies loss against the Brewers uh, where Kyle Schwarber absolutely went nuclear on Angel Hernandez. I'm going to get into that. I'm going to get into some fun topics about the Philly fanatic being that it is his birthday as I record this on Sunday night. Going to get into Sixers Raptors. Uh, don't worry. I'm not nervous. You shouldn't be either. And of course, uh, I'm going to talk a little NFL draft as well before we do on Wednesday and Thursday when round one kicks off and we have our round one extravaganza like we do each and every year. But a little housekeeping before we get into the episode, guys. Make sure you're following us on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, at UndergroundPHI. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash UndergroundSportsPHI, twitch.tv slash UndergroundSportsPHI, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit that like button. Click the bell notification so you don't miss a single video on our channel. Comment down below. Be a friend, tell a friend, share the episode, get into the conversation. We're very excited to be on YouTube, so check out the YouTube channel. Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, for all of our written content, and subscribe to the podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Hell, play the YouTube video with the podcast audio going. Helps both ways. You see what I'm saying? Help the fellas out, and uh, let's get these YouTube numbers cooking and keep these podcast numbers cooking as well. Uh, so subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, leave those five-star ratings and reviews. We're still in the top 100 in Armenia, so shout out to our Armenian listeners uh, on the Apple Podcast feed. Before we get into it, also big shout out to our sponsors who make this show happen, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, he just hooked me up with my taxes the best in the business. Shout out to Mark Ronchetti uh, down here in South Jersey. And, of course, the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. Tomahawk Shades. You guys can go to TomahawkShades.com. Use promo code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. Pick up the homies, the goats, the best in the biz. You guys can play the NL East run differential props all season long with us at PlayPickup.com. You build up your fan profiles by playing the hottest headlines in sports. Get those points on your profile. You cash them in for prizes on the pickup marketplace. Playpickup.com is the place to be. Kenwood Beer, the only beer you should be drinking when you're watching the Phils, watching the NFL Draft, the Sixers, and anything in between. Kenwoodbeer.com. Use the Kenny Tracker to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. The Phillies, they lose another series. They lose this one to the Brewers. They lose two out of three. And 
It's just, it's not looking good right now. They're 6-10. and 10. They're still not in last place in the NL East because the stolen franchise Washington Nationals are sitting right there. But the NL East is off to a very slow start outside of the freaking Cicadas, the New York Mets. Phillies are 6-10. and 10. They're five and a half games back, 3-7 um, and seven in their last 10. And tonight was just super frustrating. Pitchers duel, fantastic game uh, overall outside of Angel Hernandez, who absolutely stinks, should not have a job in Major League Baseball, um, and is just one of the worst officiants in any sport that I have ever seen. Kyle Schwarber absolutely lost his mind on him, rightfully so, and I have never been happier to see somebody get thrown out of a game. It was the bottom of the ninth. The Phillies were down to their final out, and uh, Kyle Schwarber just went absolutely nuclear on Angel Hernandez for a blatant non-strike. Like, Angel Hernandez is so bad and is one of the, the main reasons why people talk about robot umps and automated strike zones and all of that. It's just crazy how bad he is at his job, how he still has a job, and just continues. He is literally the living antithesis of he can't keep getting away with this. That is Angel Hernandez. And Kyle Schwarber rightfully lost his mind, went absolutely Hulk smash on him. Like when Hulk is slamming Loki around, that's what Kyle Schwarber did. Uh, so deserved. And, you know, when you watch it, because it was a Sunday night baseball on ESPN, Andrew McCutcheon, shout out to the boy, uh, got the post game interview with SportsCenter. And felt the same way. He said, you know, we got to be better. And when you have the opponent saying the same thing, that's that's a, a major red flag that is just the, the living embodiment of what Rob Manfred wants baseball to be. And that's just bad. Um, Angel Hernandez is terrible. Should not have a job. Uh, I think Wednesday night we might have the trial of Angel Hernandez on this podcast because as I drop... <laughs> This is live as the GameCube controller drops from Underground Gaming. That was fun. Um, but Angel Hernandez should absolutely be fired, should be banned from baseball. He is the worst umpire I've ever seen. And I've seen some terrible umpires in my 28 years of watching baseball. Um, he's just dreadful. And like people are going to say, oh, Angel Hernandez wasn't the reason that the Phillies lost this game. Sure, he wasn't the reason. But he was in the top three reasons of why they lost this game. He is a major reason why they lost this game. And it shouldn't be brushed under the rug why Angel Hernandez stinks. Like, you can't you can't give a guy a free pass just because the Phillies didn't score a run in this game. That That's, that's stupid. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yes, the Phillies need to score runs. They need to be better at the plate with their approach. They need to start taking more pitches. They need to be more patient at the plate. But you can also blame the umpire for not allowing the hitters to get into a groove. That's a big problem. Like, people underestimate that so much. Like, if, if a hitter can't get into a groove, they're not going to hit. And to, to just kind of sweep under the rug what Angel Hernandez did tonight what, is just egregious and, and tone deaf to what he is as an umpire. And it needs to be fixed. It needs to be better. So shout out to Kyle Schwarber for losing his mind and going absolutely nuclear on Angel Hernandez because it was so deserved. 
from top to bottom. Like, I think that that is how Andrew McCutcheon said it best. I think he spoke for the fans, too, and how the fans felt about uh, his performance tonight behind the plate. So, that's how I feel as well. Angel Hernandez sucks. He should be removed from Major League Baseball, should not be an umpire, and that's that on that. Um, as for the Phillies as a whole, though, it is... Uh, it's it's not great. <laughs> it's not great right now. They're six and ten, like I said, five and a half back in the NL East. They have the Rockies coming to town for three games, uh, starting on Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then they get a weekend set with the Mets up in New York, uh, with a repeat showing on Sunday night baseball next Sunday. So that should be a doozy before they get a two game set of interleague play against the Texas Rangers, who have been shockingly bad to start this year, 5-10. and 10. Did not expect that from the Rangers. Um, and then you get the Mets again, but this time in Philadelphia for a weekend set. So back-to-back weekend sets with the Mets. Um, this the, the one in the beginning of May is a four-game set. So in the first eight days of May, you play the Mets five times. That's going to be huge for this season, to be honest. Like, the Phillies need to at least win three of those games against the Mets if they want to feel good about themselves in the NL East standings. Uh, Hopefully you get some revenge on the Rockies, this time at Citizens Bank Park. Don't know who's pitching. So, uh, Tuesday, or I'm sorry. So it's a four-game set against the Rockies. I stand corrected. Uh, So Monday... Kyle Gibson, Tuesday, Zach Eflin, uh, Wednesday, Ranger Suarez, and then I would assume Thursday is Zach Wheeler. So you get Nola to kick off the Mets series, which is nice. He pitched very well tonight, was very impressed by Aaron Nola. Zach Wheeler looked good this weekend, too. Um, Was not disappointed with the way he pitched against the Brewers. Um, Two very winnable games that the Phillies had on Saturday and Sunday and just couldn't get the job done. And that's kind of been the story for this team is like the offense has gone cold. They, uh, they need to figure it out at the plate. They need to take a more disciplined approach at the plate. That's what I'm noticing when I'm watching these games is they're so quick to swing at the first second pitch of the at bat that they're not, they're, they're putting themselves behind in counts early on. And then they're kind of trying to fight back and like stay alive in counts when if you just take a couple pitches, see where the pitcher's trying to work you, um, it would make a lot more sense to do that, in my opinion. Uh, you know, Bryce is swinging, I believe the stat they said on uh, Saturday's broadcast, like 72% of first pitches he's swinging at. That's just like, it. <laughs> what are we doing? Like, I understand you wanting to get ahead early if you can make contact, but you don't always need to swing at the first pitch. That's way too much. You want to kind of keep it at a a 50-50 even keel because when guys know you're going to swing at the first pitch, they're going to to be able to manipulate you way more often than if it's a 50-50 split uh, with the pitches that they can show you on a first pitch basis. So that needs to be figured out big time. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week. 
and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. Little little bit of our favorite game from the homies over at Pickup. You guys can go to playpickup.com, like I said at the top of the show, and uh, start playing the hottest headlines in sports, including the Analyst run differential props that are available for the month of April. Almost done. Get your picks in, um, which I can pull up right here. I'm going to go to playpickup.com, Analyst run differentials um, for the month of April and for every month moving forward uh, throughout the MLB season. And, of course, you can also play for season long. So who will have the best run differential at the end of the season in the NL East? It's it's that simple. You rack up points on your fan profile, cash them in for prizes. Go to playpickup.com. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the NL East run differential, it's not looking good for the fight in Phil's. And the NL East run differential overall is not looking good to begin with at all. <laughs> uh, it's it's pretty tough. It is pretty tough for the NL East run differential. Um, right now, the Mets leading the way at plus 32. The Miami Marlins at plus 1. The Atlanta Braves at minus 14. The Phillies at minus 11. And then... That stolen franchise, the Washington Nationals, in the basement at minus 38. Um, Very, very tough start to the season for pretty much every team but the Mets in the NL East. Um, It's been been rough, and I don't know. I don't know who's going to make it out of this division. Like, we always know the Mets fall apart, and we'll see when they fall apart. But they're off to a very good start this season at 12-5. Their pitching's been fantastic, even without DeGrom. So that's concerning if you're playing against the Mets. Um, And then you got Miami, who the Phillies just can't beat for whatever reason. The Braves, we haven't seen them yet. And then the Nationals, like I said, they're going to be pretty bad this year, being that they only have like three guys who can hit and then a bunch of former Phillies from the rebuild era. Um, They're not Cincinnati Reds bad, though. (laughs) Um, but the Nationals sitting in the basement at 6-12, and 12, but the Phillies not very far ahead of them. So the Phillies have a lot to figure out um, when it comes to just everything right now with this team. It, it is very concerning, the fact that we have not seen consistency whatsoever from this team. And I don't know what it's going to take. Joe Girardi looked like a wet napkin trying to defend Kyle Schwarber tonight, and that was also concerning. So I I just don't know what it's going to take for this team to get hot, and hopefully they can figure out sooner rather than later. Um, But right now there's, like, no answer from my end on what this team can do. The pitching has been relatively good. You know, there's been some hiccups here and there, 
The bullpen has been surprisingly the best part of the team so far. The bats just have not been consistent. They have not been able to get hot. Don't know what it is. I mean, across Major League Baseball, nobody's really hitting. So you can use that as a grain of salt. But overall, it's just uh, it's frustrating not seeing this team win because you know that you can expect so much from them. And uh, just haven't gotten it yet. And hopefully it comes sooner rather than later because it's it's almost May. You know, we're, we're a week away from May. And the Phillies are in second to last place. So, got to figure something out quickly. If you're the Fightins, um, and they just continue to play down to their competition. Like, the Brewers are a good team, but they're not playing that well hitting-wise. So, you should have been able to out-hit them and just didn't get it done. Just did not get it done. Um, let's get into some fun stuff with the Philly Fanatic, though, because it is his birthday. The GOAT mascot. Um... Uh, it's so nice having the regular Fanatic back, like the OG Fanatic. Today, I don't know why it took me this long, and I don't know if this is a recent development or not, but I saw the Phillies tweet that you know, their favorite flightless bird, and I was like, the Fanatic's a bird? What? It, it just did not enter my mind that way. Like, I know, like, the whole backstory is that he's from the Galapagos Islands and everything, but... It, it just did not click to me at all, and it still really doesn't, and I, I believe don't believe that the Fnatic <laughs> is a bird. Um, but the Fnatic is the coolest mascot, man. Like, the coolest mascot in all of sports. Um, made his, his appearance on April 25th, 1978, and he's just one of the coolest dudes. Like, he's just so fun. He gets in the mix. He gets in the mud. Um, so I'm going to do, like, my top five fanatic moments. Um, you know, there, there's been so many very cool and fun, iconic Philly fanatic moments. Um, I have a whole compilation here that I'm going to, like, kind of sift through and see what I uh, what I agree with, what I disagree with. I mean, definitely off the top of my head, you got to go with the Fnatic getting into the cut and getting in the mix with Tommy Lasorda uh, and those two fighting because that is just all time. It's it's hilarious banter. It's some of the funniest stuff we've seen from the Fnatic ever. Um, that's definitely in my tops. Hunter Pence giving the Fnatic uh, CPR and resuscitating when he was back with the Giants was absolute gold. Um, you know, you have the Fnatic pouring the popcorn on the Mets fan, which was great. You have, uh, you know, when Gritty first came into the, into the mix, you had him, uh, hanging out with Gritty at Citizens Bank Park, which was like the crossover we never knew we needed. The, uh, whenever the Fnatic's mom comes around is always great, um, the Fanatic dressing up like Rocky for opening day in 1986. Um, he's just so cool, man. There's just so many cool Fanatic moments. And I'm just glad he's back. I think the, the appearance change he had going into 2020 was 
strange. It was dumb. It was cheap by the Phillies. Shouldn't have been the case. Um, so I think the Fanatics' return was was an all-time moment. Um, you know, there there's so many moments with the Fanatic that I think hit with so many generations of Phillies fans, which is also really cool. And there there's nothing more Philadelphia, I think, than uh, going to war for the Philly Fanatic. He's he's the coolest mascot. He's a Hall of Fame mascot. Um, and if anybody tries to debate you otherwise, they're wrong. The Fanatic's the GOAT mascot of all time. Like, the coolest. And there's been so many different, like, fun moments. There's been so many, uh, you know, you had the Red Fanatic, the Blue Fanatic. There, It's just... It's tough. Like, the jersey I'm wearing right now is the Fanatic for the people on YouTube. Uh, Bryce Harper wearing the Fanatic cleats is awesome. And then Bryce giving the Fanatic those cleats in Fanatic's eyes was dope. Um, I just love the Fanatic. He's, he's like, core piece of... just a an all-time mascot and I don't know if anything could ever top it like gritty I think was the closest to people being like the the best um in terms of Philly sports mascots and I'm just pumped that he's ours like he's our guy and he's back now the OG is back um so shout out to the fanatic happy birthday to the goat and uh, here's to many, many more. And being the OG that you are, a certified Hall of Famer, shout out to the Philly Fanatic. Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already down. know. You it's more already know. I think that's how it we always went, goes. Like, like 45 minutes, and we were at like Chelsea. <laughs> we're what about, are we doing? Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I'm Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Bins time. What's up? We're back. So yeah, shout out to the fanatic. Just a, a legend, like I said. And uh, let us know in the comments below your favorite moments with the Philly fanatic, um, good or bad. Let me know down in the comments section below. And uh, tweet at us at Underground PHI if you're not watching on the YouTube, but you should be watching on YouTube. And uh, also listening on the Apple Podcast or Spotify, all that good stuff. Um, but let's get into Sixers Raptors because everybody I know is 
clamoring about this series. Sixers now down, or they down one game. They lose one game. Three, they're down, uh, not down. I keep saying down. I don't know why. They're up 3-1 now instead of up 3-0. They lose the one game in Toronto. And you come to find out Joel Embiid has uh, a torn ligament in his thumb. And all hell breaks loose. Everybody starts losing their minds. I'm not nervous. Like, my thing with Joel Embiid, uh, having watched him... Like, the Sixers have been in the playoffs every year of us doing this podcast, which is fucking cool. It's so dope seeing them succeed. But every year we've done it, we've seen Embiid overcome some sort of injury that has just been a product of, like, wear and tear on his body from, one, being how big he is, two, being how physical he can get, and three, doing things that a seven-foot-two big man should not be able to do. He's got a torn ligament in his thumb. Uh, which allegedly can't get worse than what it already is. So right there and then, it's pain management almost. And you just hope that Embiid knows how to to work with it, which it seems like he was sort of able to do, and he he commented on some things that you know were hindered a bit from it um, during the game. But overall, I'm I'm not concerned with Joel's injury whatsoever. Um, I think that, you know, it's going to be frustrating because you know the Raptors are going to go after it. You know they're going to try to take advantage of it. And that's just something Joel's got to be able to kind of maneuver with for one game and then you get the the rest that you need going into uh, the second round, which is going to be a wild round of the NBA playoffs for sure. Um, but I'm not concerned. The Sixers come home for game five now. Just take care of business at home, win the game at home, and then you get some rest. You get almost a week off, um, which will be super convenient for this Sixers team who just needs a a breather, in my opinion. Like, you know, they got some nicks and and some tears, literally, across the board, and, uh, you know, you just got to rest the bumps and bruises as much as you can. I'm not worried one bit about this team going into game five. I I think they're going to be able to take care of business, handle the Raptors and uh, the Philadelphia crowd being behind us is going to be huge. And I think they're going to come out and and do the damn thing and move on to the second round. Raptors fans though, boy, oh boy. We talked a little bit about you on Wednesday night show. Raptors fans are certified clowns. Just absolute loser mentality the the tweets the just like do you think before you tweet that's what i think of when i see any raptors fan tweeting about this series it's wild to me how dumb raptors fans are like they have they have slowly climbed up my list for dumbest fan base <laughs> in in the nba they just continue to blow me away by just how ignorant they are to the game of basketball and they just continued to look like absolute clowns like them going on Twitter saying oh and Beach shouldn't complain about the ref the refs were horrible in game four horrible and you're saying that they shouldn't complain about the refs get out of here 
All you've done is complain about the refs for the first three games of this series. Get out of my face. The Raptors fans are soft. They're weak. Not a fan. They're like, I thought they were cool before. You know, we had, we're, we're cool with some Raptors fans. Like, shout out to the homies, the Arkells. There's good Raptors fans and there's bad Raptors fans. But a lot of the Raptors fans right now are giving a poor portrayal of their fan base. Especially on Twitter. Twitter, the fans at the arena. I am blown away by just how, like, wild Raptors fans are getting. Um, I can't wait for this series to be over. Just so they can kind of just drift off into the void. And we don't have to worry about them again until next year. Um, just such a soft fan base. And, man. Need to look yourselves in the mirror. Need to look yourselves in the mirror. The amount of, of tweets I've seen wishing injury on guys. Wishing harm on guys. Grow up. It is a sport. It is a game of basketball. And you're wishing bodily harm on human beings grow up that's what I have to say to Raptors fans because they have been utterly classless utterly ignorant on Twitter and they just think Twitter's like just this like personal diary that they can get things off with and not be you know put on blast surprise you're dealing with the biggest fan base in the world who is Twitter savvy through and through we unseated both of now our former GM for burner accounts on Twitter. We find your tweets. You look silly. Get some help. Stop it. It's insane. It's absolutely insane how ridiculous Raptors fans have looked. Um, am I am I hurt by it? No. Am I surprised by it? Yes quite frankly. Um, and I think Raptors fans, like I said, they need to look themselves in the mirror and really take a long, hard look at what type of fans are kind of like patrolling the, the internet streets for them. Because, man, it is a tough look for all of you guys out there um, who are just... Tweeting some of the most ridiculous shit I've ever seen in my life. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But I'm not concerned about the Sixers. I think game five will be ours for the taking. They're going to go into to Wells Fargo Center, handle our business, walk away with a win. And uh, Joel's finger, it is what it is. That's basically like what the reports are. He's going to play play through it it's going to require surgery according to Woj and Shams and everybody else but he's going to wait until the Sixer season is over which hopefully that means he's hoisting a trophy with that injured thumb um that's Joel Embiid he's he's just a grinder he wants to do whatever it takes to win he is so hungry to win a championship and he's not going to let anything get in the way of him that's just how he balls that's what he does, and the fact that he was able to kind of play in Game 4, which looking back on it, if you're the Sixers, do you hold him out of Game 4 and let it get a, a little extra rest? Maybe. Um, 
But I mean, if he wasn't held out of game four, there's no need to really be overly concerned. Is there reason for concern? Yes. Is there reason for over concern and reason for, you know, just worry that like Joel can't be Joel? He proved that he can still do a lot of things that we've seen him do all season long. So I'm not very, very worried. My worry scale is I'm probably like a three out of 10. That's where I'm at right now with Joel Embiid's finger injury and where I'm at with the Sixers. Uh, worry scale for the series, 1 out of 10. I think they'll handle business. Everybody coming out saying, oh, Doc Rivers has blown 3-3-0 leads in the NBA playoffs. Shut the fuck up. Who cares? Like, looking, dwelling on the past for a coach like that is just insane. Am I the biggest Doc Rivers fan? No. Do I think that the Sixers are going to blow a 3-0 lead against this Raptors team? Absolutely not. Like, the Sixers almost won game four, looked like the better team, and were just, you know, unable to come away with the win. Like, they were clearly the better team. The the refereeing was bad. Some shots didn't go down early. They need Tyrese Maxey to step up in those situations with Joel Embiid being injured now. So overall, I mean, like, I'm not concerned whatsoever about the Sixers. Um, I'll, I'll be like that until the series is over, which hopefully will come Monday night as you guys are watching this going into the game. Um, I'm not concerned. Let's go Sixers, finish them off in five, get a long rest. And, uh, we'll be talking about the second round, hopefully by Wednesday night. That's, that's how I'm viewing it. Like Wednesday night, Matt and I are going to be talking about the second round, who our potential matchup is going to be. And, um, I'm not worried whatsoever. You know, there's other teams that are kind of going back and forth, bullying the hell out of each other. We lost one game by eight. Cool. We'll see where we go from there. That's, that's kind of how I'm viewing this thing. And, uh, I have no cause for concern right now as it comes to the Sixers. To get the whole podcast hosted by Steve McAvoy and John Mavalia, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. The NFL draft is upon us. And the Eagles have two first-round picks, did have three. Obviously, that big trade with the Saints happened a couple weeks ago. But as we get set for one of the biggest drafts in recent Eagles memory with the multiple first-rounders, a lot on the line in terms of just team building and everything, the draft has kind of just snuck up on me personally. And I've learned over the past couple of years that I'm such a big fan of the Phillies and of the Sixers. And obviously, I, I've become such a massive lacrosse fan as well that the NFL offseason has really lost its luster to me. Like, it doesn't really fire me up. Like, this NFL offseason obviously has been crazy and it's been incredible content and, and things have been absolutely wild. But overall, like... These people that dive into the NFL draft nonstop and are talking about football nonstop in their lives, 
Like, if it's your job, I get it. Like, that that's a totally different thing. Like, I get it if you're covering a team or whatever like that. But, man, like, I have noticed probably over the last, like, three years, I'd say, that football's not everything. You don't need football year-round. <laughs> like, people tweeting about the USFL, and sure, the Philadelphia Stars are there, and will we cover them someday? Maybe. But I have no desire to, to worry about football in April. None. I'm not consuming football content, really. Here and there I am just to, to hear about different draft prospects and different like draft takes. But football content in the offseason, man, football is such a grind for me now from doing the Dan Russo show, started, which starts up in August, and now doing play-by-play on Friday nights, combined with our coverage here for Underground Sports Philadelphia for the Eagles, Eagles Enemies that I do as a spinoff series for this show, and then working with Bell and the Birdmen on Sundays or game days. Like, football consumed my life from August until January this year in terms of, like, being dialed in for football. It was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot to take in. Um, and I feel like just because that grind is so massive, I, I need that unplug from football for as long as I can so that way when it rolls back around for when it really matters I'm dialed in and I'm ready to rock and roll and I'm in football mode so the NFL draft right now and yes there are prospects in my brain like I don't watch college football either for everybody at home like college football does nothing for me nothing like I I it is very rare when I'm able to sit down fully watch and enjoy a college football game there have been minimal instances where that has happened it does nothing to get me like interested or intrigued um so i don't know much about these prospects outside of a couple of them that as soon as i find out their names see see you know what they're able to do i lock in and those are my guys those are the guys that i'm watching for the and that's how i watch the nfl draft like prospect process wise too I'm looking at prospects that are just for the Eagles I don't give a shit about any other team like I don't care who's going number one overall don't care about any of that I care about who the Eagles are drafting and what they bring to the table that's where my brain is Um, so I just watch highlights on Twitter and I watch highlights on YouTube if I feel necessary to go deeper than like a two minute and 20 second highlight video uh, that I can find on Twitter I have Probably three guys that are in my my must-haves for the Eagles right now when Thursday night rolls around for the first round. Um, and right now, looking at tankathon.com, they have the Eagles taking Devin Lloyd and George Karlaftis. Um, Devin Lloyd's a linebacker from Utah. Karlaftis, a edge rusher from Purdue. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely hate it um, because there are guys out there that make a lot more sense for the Eagles. Hopefully Sauce Gardner falls a little bit and the Eagles can get him because a guy having Sauce uh, on this Eagles defense would be electric. Um, but the guys I'm looking at for the Eagles right now are 
Wide receiver Jamison Williams from Alabama. He's like my guy. He's who I want through and through. His agent just tweeted a video tonight um, of him working out like post-ACL injury. And my goodness, if this guy's not on the Eagles, I'm going to have a fit. Like I'm going to be like Ty Schmidt a couple years ago when the Packers took Jordan Love in the first round of the draft. I need Jamison Williams on this team like no other. Um, he's He's my guy. Um, I know a lot of people are talking about Chris Olave from Ohio State. He's six one. He he reminds me a lot of like just like size wise of Devonte Smith. And Jamison Williams is not that much bigger, six foot two. But like Jamison Williams brings such a different skill set to the table, in my opinion. He complements Devonte Smith so well that I need that. And the other guy I have. Uh, as a must-have. If you can't get Jamison Williams, it's Traylon Burks from Arkansas. Six foot three, two hundred and thirty-two pounds. Dude is a weapon. Um, those are my two wide receivers that I have locked in. Like those are the names I'm looking at: are Jamison Williams and Traylon Burks. Chris Olave is probably like third on my list. Um, don't want anything to do with Drake London. I don't trust USC wide receivers or USC players whatsoever. Um, and then the other guy in the first round I'm looking at is Nicobe Dean, the linebacker from Georgia. If you can get him, please take him. Um, but then the other guy is Tyler Linderbaum, the offensive lineman from Iowa. We all know the traditional big four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey. Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. You can never have too many good offensive linemen, as we've seen over the years for the Eagles, and just continue to build depth on that and and groom him into being the next great offensive lineman for the Eagles. Um, that's what I need there in the first round. The second round, uh, don't know anything about the players there. Third round, though, I need, I need Smoke Monday. Don't know where he's projected to go right now. Uh, in most mock drafts, I'm trying to see if his name is popping up anywhere on Tankathon. Don't see his name anywhere, so maybe he's fallen a bit. Um, but I need Smoke Monday. He's on my wish list for the Philadelphia Eagles as well. I need one of Chris, uh, Jameson Williams or Traylon Burks, Nicobe Dean or Tyler Linderbaum, and then Smoke Monday. Those are my five guys. And Sauce, God, Sauce Gardner as well. Those six. Any combination of those six guys that you can get between the first and third rounds, I'm all in. Let's let's ride. That's a quality draft for your boy. Um, and I will be beyond pleased if that's what can get done by uh, by the end of this NFL draft. But, like, I don't know. Has, has the NFL draft lost its luster? It just seems like it's it's not that big of a spectacle to me anymore where 
back a few years ago, I'd be so like jacked up for the NFL draft and the Eagles wouldn't have like any picks. Like, am I going to watch the draft? Absolutely. Am I going to be doing content for the draft? Absolutely. But like, I don't know. I'm just not like jazzed up. It doesn't feel like Christmas morning anymore this year, at least. And I don't know if it's just because I was like so burnt out from football season or if it's just like one of those things where the NFL's kind of just too much in our faces during the off season now instead of letting it breathe and then it's like boom here's the draft and it's like all right let's go we haven't had NFL content in a while I don't know the NFL is just it's weird like baseball is my favorite sport if you guys listen to this show you know that um and then football's there but like lacrosse has really made a strong push to be like my number two favorite sport like a strong push and then, like, the NFL and NBA are kind of, like, tied. And then hockey's there, and then the union are there. But I don't watch the MLS as a whole. I just watch the union when I get a chance to. But I don't know. It's it's a weird feeling to me that uh, I just can't really fully explain. I don't know what it is about uh, this year's draft. And maybe, you know, once Wednesday night's here, and we do a little draft prediction on the show, and we do, uh, you know, just getting ready for it throughout this whole week and kind of just talking draft with people. It'll hit me, but right now as I sit here on Sunday night, like, I'm not really, like, that jazzed up for the NFL draft. And I don't know if it's because it's lost its luster or if it's just like, hey, I'll see what these guys do when September rolls around. And I also don't know if it's just a product of the Eagles not having great draft picks over the last couple years outside of, you know, Devontae Smith. Um, 2018's draft was very good. But, like, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Jalen Rager, like a lot of just, like, slap-in-the-face picks that really made you you doubt Howie Roseman again. (laughs) But now Howie's kind of on that upswing. And... You hope that, you know, the Eagles front office can really identify talent and bring in guys that are going to help this team and and make Jalen Hurts a better player. I I don't understand the clamoring for defensive guys either right now from just people across the board. Like, you went out and signed a ton of defensive guys in free agency. Now's the time to get young offensive talent. Um, You can fill out the depth and and the, the defensive talent later on in the draft like in the third fourth fifth sixth rounds we've seen that time and time again with this Eagles team so I don't know let me know what you guys think in the comment section below here on YouTube let me know what you think on Twitter at underground PHI uh, on Twitter Instagram let me know your favorite fanatic moments as well your favorite uh, moments of remembering the Philly fanatic on his birthday And then, of course, how you're feeling about this Sixers team and where they're going to go with Joel Embiid's finger injury and uh, how you feel about Game 5 against the Raptors. All that good stuff. Tweet at us, at UndergroundPHI. Follow us at UndergroundPHI, Twitter and Instagram. Follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. And, guys, guess what? Shout out to the boys over at Bino. They hit me with a, a massive uh, 
promo that they were running. You guys can go to BinoBoard.com and use our code BinoUSP to get 10% off your order at BinoBoard.com. That's B-I-N-H-O-B-O-A-R-D.com. The, the Underground Sports Bino League is coming. That content is going to be electric. I'm so stoked for it. We're going to have rules. We're going to have leagues. We're going to have whole types of madness. The, the Bino League is going to be unbelievable unbelievable I'm, I'm so excited to like pitch this idea to to everybody here who comes through to hq and when we go on the road and all that kind of stuff and and creating the rules creating the league rules and all that kind of stuff like i'm so pumped We're, we got two boards coming um it's gonna be so sick like i can't wait like i'm like so pumped up to get our bino boards um, the underground sports Bino league is going to be unreal. The USBL, <laughs> I don't know if that's what we're going to call it or not, but, um, get ready for that content. Cause that's going to be coming on YouTube potentially like on Wednesdays that, that seems to be like one of our open days on YouTube. Um, when we post podcasts, because on YouTube for the people that are new, you get every episode in video form now on our youtube channel monday mornings you get the sunday fun days with your boy tuesdays you get getting the hole in top bins thursdays you get myself and matt and myself and dylan for streamer season and then fridays you get otb with myself and dj so wednesdays and saturdays might be like the bino league videos who knows we'll keep you posted um but I'm, ex I'm ecstatic for that. And uh, be sure to tune in Thursday night. First round of the NFL Draft. The Loaded Box crew, I'll probably be in there as well. We're going to be streaming the first round of the NFL Draft. Should be presented by the homies over at Trophy Smack. Use our link in the description to uh, get a head start on your fantasy smack talk trophies, belts, chains, rings, you name it, trophy smacks, got it. But our first round NFL draft extravaganza is going to be off the charts. I'm super stoked um, for that. Like I'm, I'm more excited draft-wise for the content than I am for the actual draft. Um, I don't know if that's just how my business brain is working now as I you know travel along this journey that we've had with underground sports, but... Um, the, the draft extravaganza is going to be a blast. It's been a while since I've done some content with our fantasy guys. So be ready for that because it's going to be an absolute wild ride and you're going to get live reactions to the Eagles picks to DJ probably being in there with his Packers pick. Uh, you know, we're going to be in there for that knucklehead Pat Pitts and his Detroit lions and Patriots and, all that good stuff. It's wild the fan bases we have that work for this company now. Uh, <laughs> we have Eagles, Dolphins, Jets, Patriots, Lions, Packers, Giants. Uh, I think Brittany's a Cowboys fan. <laughs> um, but I think that's everybody's fan base. Could be wrong, but I'm pretty, we have like eight of the, the 32 NFL teams covered uh, with fan bases, so that's pretty wild. But the NFL Draft Extravaganza should be live on our Facebook, Twitch, 
and uh, Twitter. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Follow us there at Underground PHI. Twitter, Instagram, twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI, Facebook.com slash underground sports PHI. Like I said, follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. Steven McAvoy's got a mock draft Monday dropping by the time you guys are watching this at undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. Uh, subscribe to the podcast feeds. We have a link tree in our social media handles that has links to everything. Use it. Use that thing. It's the easiest way to find all of our stuff. Uh, it's linked in our social media bios. But Apple Podcasts, Spotify, leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Subscribe to the YouTube channel so you don't miss a single video episode. Hit the like button. Click the bell notification icon. Comment down below. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And a uh, big thank you to our sponsors. Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, Tomahawk Shades. Go to TomahawkShades.com. Use promo code USP for 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. Kenwood Beer. Go to KenwoodBeer.com and use the Kenny Tracker to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And of course, please drink responsibly. Go to playpickup.com. Start building those fan profiles by playing the hottest headlines in sports. Playpickup.com. Bino, B-I-N-H-O-B-O-A-R-D.com. Go to BinoBoard.com. Use code BinoUSP for 10% off your entire order at BinoBoard.com. And, of course, the homies over at Trophy Smack. Let me know. Let me know if you're pumped for the NFL draft or not. I, am I crazy? Do I sound crazy? Let me know. Trophy Smack. Use our affiliate link in the description to help support the show and support the homies over at Trophy Smack uh, and up your fantasy smack talk before the season even gets here. Show off. Do the damn thing. TrophySmack.com. This has been episode number 423 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. I'm your boy KB, and until next episode, I am signing off. Peace.